ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 48 of the Finger Guns Podcast. I'm your host, Roscoe, and I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, sir. How are you, mate? Oh, I'd love to say I've had a week without drama, but that'd be lying. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm fine and I haven't got coronavirus, so. Hooray! We'll count that as a win. Fantastic. And of course, joining us with his voice now back in full form, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. There he is. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, living the dream as ever. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. We're all well. We are well. Have you got a... Uh, where's your story? What's going on? I had some uh, some darker milk galaxy chocolate earlier. Nice. I'd never seen this before. It was half price, and I understand why. So, <laughs> what was it yeah. called? Darker milk? Darker milk galaxy chocolate. And it's it's like just basically, you know, galaxy with less milk in it. and Like half Bourneville, half dairy milk. Yeah, yeah, it's like quite a bitter galaxy. And galaxies like normally are quite a sweet chocolate. You know, it's the kind of chocolate that Americans come over here and go, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they die of diabetes. And then so, <laughs> you know, that's that's the kind of galaxy you normally have, but not this. No, it's a bit bitter, a bit tangy, a bit odd. Yeah. But, yeah. We we really need to start a separate Sean Sean Does Food channel. Yeah, we need like a lifestyle channel. We, we, call, it, you know. call it finger cakes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to review all the confectionery that I eat during the week. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Very proud to announce a brand new food podcast hosted by Sean Davies <laughs> under the Finger Guns umbrella. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about the 20 years of the PlayStation 2, the back to game nominations, the Last of Us TV series, and a little bit about Ghost of Tsushima. But first, we're going to go into what we've been playing. So, Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Well, I have been playing a bit more of The Hunt Showdown, where my review came out today, well, yesterday. Yeah, I want to enjoy that game, I really do, but god, it is so unforgiving online. You'd think, you're, you'd think the human race would join together to hunt monsters, but god no, people are dicks. You, you're just trying to hunt a monster and you're getting shot, and you get permadeath, so it's like, oh, cool, thanks. Thanks very much for that. There's my grind gone. So yeah, been playing that. So yeah, reviews up on that. I'm not going to tell you what my score was. You'll have to read it. I got a code for a game called Overpass, which the trailer is complete snake oil compared to what the fucking game is. Oh, is that the first swear of the podcast? Sorry, that's how much I don't like this game already. Yeah, the trailer makes it look like the the sort of hill trials that they're doing in sort of off-road jeep type things. You know, mm-hmm. bimbling over rocks and weight balancing your vehicle and climbing, like, like motorbike trials but obviously in four wheels and there's, there's buggies and quad bikes the trailer made it look amazing and i was like i'm a big fan of mud runners which is a spin-off of like spin tires that wasn't meant to be a pun so i thought yeah great this is going to be a really good physics based not racer as such but like a, a a technical driving game and it actually turns out to be a massive pile of shit which i'm really 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 upset about because the trailer made it look better than it was it's meant to be a physics based racing game and yeah there's there's nothing in it that you can swap the differential in the cars for in the buggies from like two wheel to four wheel to like a lock differential so it says it's meant to like divert power and transverse the power across wheels to help you climb things but it doesn't and you you tip over like insanely easily i've gone around a corner at 30 miles an hour and fallen over it's like the robin reliant of racing games it's just, <laughs> it's, oh, it's There's your and then, yeah and then the quad biking is even worse it i mean if anyone's if any of you follow me on Twitter, you can see the clip I put up of me on the quad bike just trying to get over a simple obstacle. I just pop off more often than the crash test dummy. You know, you hit one thing and poof, off you go. 
you, you over like over going a rock, poof, off you go. You lean too far to the left, poof, off you go. You're like what the? F- Grip onto the handlebars, man. Like what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, it's it's mainly been those two this week. A bit more division, a bit more uh, playing a bit more Resident Evil two just to get back into the swing of when the third one comes out, and of course the almighty Final Fantasy seven demo. Now, but, talk to me about the Final Fantasy VII demo. I was going to let someone else talk about it because I've just waffled on my bit about games. So, have you? Have okay. you you've played, haven't you? I have played it, and um, I think you're going to be quite interested as to what I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give a quick what I thought. I mean, obviously, I played it at EGX, which was phenomenal, and I managed to beat the queues, which is also pretty fucking phenomenal because that was like. Can we just? Uh, can we just confirm that Greg Hicks was the first person in the UK to play Final Fantasy? <laughs> I don't think. I mean, that's, that would be a grand title, but I mean, to, to give some. <laughs> I think. I think I mentioned this on the EGX podcast. I basically didn't mean to, but I got my press pass for day one of EGX, and they, they just put me down. They went, "Oh yeah, press are going in that way." So, All right, cool. So I managed to walk around the PlayStation booth to the Final Fantasy VII consoles, and the reps were like, "Do you want to play it?" I was like, "Can I? Am I allowed to?" Like, yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> So I didn't really think about it at the time until Sean caught up with me. And he's like, you do realize that means you're probably one of the first people, if not the first of the UK public to have played it. Because that's the first time they were showing it. And I was like, oh, you're right. And I got some <laughs> I got some photo evidence of me playing it as well. When I probably shouldn't have done. But mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously an expansion of that, which I am sold on. But what I'm not happy about is the payment model. But that's not only me that shares that opinion. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Awesome. Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week, sir? Or the last two weeks? Uh, so I've been playing House Flipper, which I sent in a bit of a message about last week. It's still it's still great. It's still fun. It's just a really chilled out game that you basically paint houses and tidy up rubbish. And it's so weird that it just feels so therapeutic to play. And it's it's a game full of things that I hate doing. So... I don't know. It, somehow they've made a game about things that I hate doing that I like to play. So just bravo to everyone involved. But one of the one of the things that um, I've been looking at. So I've been trying to get the platinum trophy because that's who I am. And I've you have to sell houses to different families. And one of the aspects that I didn't kind of mention last week was the fact that um, different families have different requirements. So certain kind of people who would buy a house from you prefer like green walls or more bedrooms or less bedrooms. One guy doesn't want a kitchen. Um, He's supposed to be like Justin Bieber with pink hair and he just doesn't want a kitchen at all. And he just wants like um, a sauna, uh, like a living room that's massive with a pool table. That's all he wants out of this house, which I I thought was crazy. So I played Draugen and I finished it again. Nice. If you liked liked those kind of narrative adventures, like – Drogon for me feels like a really great way of using quite a small space. So the area that you're in isn't massive and there isn't really that much to do or interact with. But the way that the game's been set up, it means that you get to explore these places a few times and things progress and things change. And it builds up this really great atmosphere and it's a setting that you don't see often in games and you there's there's a I don't want to spoil it, but like if you if you like to be surprised like dragons again to play so uh this week the expansion the warlords of new york dropped for the division two and i jumped on and 
if you like the Division 2, you'll like more of the Division 2 because that's exactly what this is. It's a part of New York that's been redone for the Division 2. You basically go to New York and turn up and the, the this expansion is set after all of the excursion levels that are free to download. So those, yep. if you want the story to make as much sense as possible, I highly advise playing through the excursions first especially the Coney Island one. But if, if not, you could jump straight into the... the and it, it will boost your character from level 0, you know, 1, whatever it is that you start with, to level 30. So you start at a decent enough level to complete the, the playthrough. And it, there's a couple more weapons in there. There's uh, all the New York gangs are back, so like the cleaners are back and the Rikers are back. Uh, and they've had a few tweaks. Um, that, you know, it's amazing how much I didn't miss the cleaners with the, the flamethrowers. Fuck those guys into the sea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. When you just, just said cleaners, I was like, oh, no way, they're back. Yeah, they, I'm stuck on one particular part. So once you start this expansion, you can't go back to Washington, D.C. until you completed the expansion. So I'm stuck on this one particular room where there's just, just like huge chunking cleaner with like, all the possible armor you can possibly get in the game. And I've, I've, tried, I've tried it about 15, 16 times now. And even with the signature weapon, which is like the, the big kablooey thing you get at level 30, I still can't kill him. And I, I honestly don't know what to do. I'm, I'm genuinely thinking that I might have to just like sprint through and like escape the mission and start another one. But anyway, um, it's tough. It's is like really good end game Division 2 stuff. And when it's good, it's really good. And um, there's a really cool level in a prison, which I would highly advise if you like the division, go out and get the expansion. It's it's cool. Um, I've been playing something called Hoff Rain, which is a third-person hero shooter that released exclusively for the PlayStation 4. And I can tell you now, there's a review on the website, but I'll tell you now, don't go and buy it. It's bad. It's really bad. It's like as bare bones as you could possibly get in, in a game. It's got one mode one map and six heroes and despite the fact that it won best multiplayer game at the playstation talents award in 2017 it doesn't seem to have progressed any since then so it's it's a bit of a letdown i've been playing <laughs> to do these rattle games and um, that come out for like two quid yes uh so i got syrup and the ultimate sweet i uh, see i saw you were playing this <laughs> yesterday and i was like what the bloody hell is that? It's only only you could discover a game called that. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a visual novel game uh, where he, you play as Syrup, who is an alchemist who not likes to make sweets in a town full of magic users, and so Syrup doesn't like magic, <laughs> but Syrup makes the best sweets, and all these magic users are very jealous of him. And one day a a sweet golem turns up in his workshop or her workshop. I think it's a her. Um, it's, it's it's never. I don't think it's ever explicitly said. Um, but yeah, this this sweet golem turns up, and the game contains the lines: "Eat me, I'm sure I taste delicious." And <laughs> oh god, yeah, that game is so cringeworthy that it made me want to, my head to explode. But it's got it's it's quite a nice. So if you like visual novels, it's got like this whole. There are moments in it where it's like it's there are lines like that where it's explicitly saying what it, it literally means. So you've got a a sweet golem begging somebody to eat them, and it, and this character saying, "Eat me, I bet I taste delicious." And then like basically every character just you know does the 
look at the camera like you'll get it you got yeah, yeah there you got it there you go carry on <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's just for that but there, there are like really touching moments in this in this crappy <laughs> visual novel if you, if you like visual novels go and get it it's like three quid and it's about four hours long but you know if that if that's your jam and also i've been playing something called retro wave which again avoid at all play at all costs it's cost like one pound 40 odd on steam and it's really bad it's a it's a like a 80s nostalgia road trip and i don't know if i can't remember the name of the game where but basically it was like uh, a lane racer where you went down and it was like musical rhythm game but this this is the like neon a neon racer or something neon racer i think that was it yeah the, the or, synthwave one where you yes you know turning into a robot on a plane and yes yeah yeah neon racer so it's it's like a really really bad version of that where just nothing works <laughs> and you know, it's it's a really bad game, so don't bother. And I have been avoiding the Final Fantasy remake demo at all costs because I don't want to play it. But I'm interested in what Roscoe has to say about it. So, Roscoe, what have you been playing, buddy? I've been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. No way! Way. Tell me more. Okay, as you know, I don't really have a history with Final Fantasy. And the Final Fantasy VII remake... Whilst I was very excited for people who really wanted it, didn't jump out at me. I, I aware it was part of the Holy Trinity of that E3 conference. But I was never really that fussed. I was excited, like I said, for people who really wanted it, and it was great. And over the years, like 2015 that was, wasn't it? I've been slowly kind of like keeping my eye on it, trying to keep an idea of what I could get from it. And I thought, I'm not going to take a stab at it until I could actually play it. And so this week I played it. I am absolutely staggered. This thing is fan-fucking-tastic. And I'm there. Day one. I want it. Give it to me. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, I am now a converted preaching person going, yes, this is going to be maybe one of the games of the year, if not the... I'm impressed. Thanks, I mean, man. Not that I'm gatekeeping Final Fantasy or anything, but it's genuinely impressive. What was it that won you over, then? The combat is extraordinarily good. I think one of the things that has kind of like kept me off Final Fantasy is I'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat. And it does frustrate me when I know that I can just, if I wanted to, I could have just gone over and slashed his guy to bits rather than, you know, waiting my turn to do it. And that's always seemed a bit annoying to me. Final Fantasy appeared to be chock full of that. And so that's probably why it didn't appeal to me at first. But then they've kind of meshed it in the uh, in the new one. It is turn-based to an extent, but all the combat is still tactical. And you still have to think about every single thing that you choose to do. And you're not controlling just yourself. Obviously, you're controlling Barrett as well. And from back and forth and back and forth, it feels so smooth. And the animation of combat, everything just looks and feels amazing. And it's, it's strange because I don't have that kind of like nostalgia connection to it. Yeah, I don't really feel like I can sort of go, oh, yeah, man, they've updated this and this and this. Um, I love the characters. I loved um, Jessie. I thought she was really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing how her character develops. And What I found about the combat, just to sorry to interject there, um, no, my, my worry was that you were just going to rely on being Cloud and the others were just sort of ancillary support. But what I thought was quite good was that obviously you can't cast abilities or magic until you fill up a chunk of ATB, can you? Uh, you're actually, yeah. Time, you, know, you, you gauge. There were times when I was waiting for Barrett to get enough of his gauge to cast Cure on me, but he won't or he won't attack enough or quickly enough to, to fill it up. So you think, oh, crap, I've got to switch to Barrett, do some attacks. So you don't just rely on being one with the support of the others. You've actually got to flip between them as well. Yeah. That was my additional two cents to the combat. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that the combat is, 
a fantastic addition to this new remake. And yeah, the characters are interesting. I loved. Yeah, I'm in. So let's do it. Let's get this. Uh, Greg, did you have any additional thoughts on it? Was there a massive difference between the demo and what you played at EGX? It's more fleshed out than the uh, the demo. Mm. The the demo. I, mean, I don't want to talk about this the new demo now because Sean hasn't played it and he's kind of avoiding it. No, no, you can talk about it all you want. It's just that I I know I'm getting the game. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to play the game twice. I want this like what I you want. That that new feeling when it happens. Like I've watched people play the demo and I've watched footage and I think to myself that that's enough. I don't I don't like it. It's got to be super uh, okay. special. Okay. It, like that that one time because I'm not going to play this game through like my life does not fit around me playing this remake four or five times mm. I, I get one st- one stab at it and it's got to be good <laughs> until the kids have all gone to like college and university and stuff yeah yeah I, once i'm in my, my retirement home and i'm playing the remake of the remake in like 40 <laughs> years time then then yeah that's fine but you well, know that's probably when the last chapter will come out isn't it yeah probably, that's, yeah. that's right yeah part, part seven of final fantasy seven yeah. no um the the demo egx was you are already in the reactor and you do a bit of platforming some of the little battles and then you get to the scorpion boss and then when you beat the scorpion boss that was the end of the demo so obviously this is a longer portion of that with a bit more exploration uh obviously a bit more character development that we all know from like the, the start of the game so nothing new in terms of the mission you do but obviously more padded out chapter and that sounds like a bit contradictory as in nothing new in terms of what i didn't already know in the game but it was nice to yeah. see that character development in such a big chapter as well and the fact that there's no time limit in the demo obviously until you plant the bomb but that's that's story pacing that you can explore and faff around to your heart's content is quite an amazing like a, a gift of a demo really i mean i had no idea what was coming with that uh, with that countdown so i put it to 30 minutes because i had no idea that you could just breeze through it in six or seven minutes if you wanted to <laughs> yeah apparently doing it on 20 is like the better there's there's a cut you get an extra cutscene or something or all right. I'll I do don't that. know. I mean, I, I did it on 20 because I thought, no, I know where I'm going. Apparently, if you put it on 30, you, you either miss something or you get like an extra scene of being derided for taking so long. I'm not sure what it is. I've just been told this, so I may have to do it myself. Any excuse to play it again, I suppose. Yeah, I've played it through twice now. Of played it on different uh, difficulties. Yeah. The I was going to say you can play it on Classic as well, but then you didn't play the original one, so it's not going to have any nostalgic value to you. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's great and april 10th i'm ready bring it on i'm really looking forward to it it just sucks that resident evil comes out the week before oh uh, you'll have three done by then i don't know it's bloody terrifying oh, that's true that's true but nemesis can't break into your safe room that was a rumor yeah i saw that i think it was just rooms that have tie writers in some of them are going to be in open areas and obviously the rest will be safe rooms if that was the okay, gist of it cool well, that's that's pretty much a greg week isn't it that one Jeez. oh god it's gonna be me <laughs> all week shut up in a room playing resident evil save your pennies and then a week later, you get back in Final Fantasy. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else have I been playing? I'm playing Wonderling, uh, which is a game I got to review for the Switch. It's a funky little 2D platformer where you play a NPC who has just been flattened by the hero. And he's really pissed off. So he has to sort of like take over the game and try and <laughs> track him down. Uh, it's it's a really interesting concept. And I'm having a good time with it. You can't stop because he's an NPC. He just walks left to right, left to right. And so he doesn't stop walking. So your only movement of him is jump and like boost and things like that so yeah it's fun so far i haven't got too far in it yet but i'm having a good time with it and i've been playing more two-point hospital i'm on my fifth hospital now but it's all going rather well which is weird save money and to start building uh, new areas new developments and getting some new uh some new equipment in it's getting a bit more difficult now but still having a really really fun time with it um play some division two um haven't started warlords yet i noticed that like, once you're in new york you can't go back to dc 
So I'm just cleaning up a little, a few things in DC first, and then I'll sort of jump back into, uh, once I get into Warlords and Sean, we'll gang together and I'll take down that cleaner with you. Thanks. Yeah, sounds like a plan. And surprising no one, I've been playing some Fortnite, powering through my battle pass, having a really good time with this new season. It's a lot of fun playing some Team Rumble, actually, which is something I haven't done before, which is like more, it's kind of like classic deathmatch, but in Fortnite. So it's two teams against each other and you just got to get the highest score and it's good fun. It's pretty crazy once it gets uh, what you're all kind of like convened in the in the very center. It gets crazy and there's respawns and stuff, so it's a good time. And that's about it, really. So yeah, quite quite a busy week. It's it's kind of weird, isn't it? On Sunday night when we recorded the last episode, it was like, oh, this is a qu- quite a quiet week for releases. Like the day after the Final Fantasy demo drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that out was, of nowhere. Let's have Monday morning off, and every publication was going, yeah, we got our hands on it. We got our hands on it. Um, and yeah, just in the in the middle of reading all these tweets, there was PlayStation saying demos out today. It's like what? So straight on that. I bet you were. Hooray for days yeah. off. Yeah, it was like it was like the biggest release of the week. Uh, Paul's also been playing some stuff this week. He's not here, but he wanted to let you know that he's been playing Shenmue in my quest to finish them both before starting on number three. I don't know what it is about these games. They're awful clunky and have the worst acting known to man, but yet so damn addictive. And it feels so good to be back in that world. I heartedly agree. He's also said, also, I have finished the FF7 remake demo and it blew my mind. Not only does it look incredible, they have somehow managed to retain the core gameplay of the turn-based system of the original and the free combat of the more recent games. It's amazing to see all the scenes and characters fleshed out. I hate the pricing structure Square have have opted for, but based on the quality of the demo, I can see myself getting involved, which I hate. (laughs) Fucking hell, mate, that was a good uh, impression. Oh, thanks, man. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of you knows in there, but um, yeah, pretty spot on. Cool. I, yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree with him about the pricing structure, though it is stupid. It is. We look forward to playing the final part of the remake in twenty forty nine. All right, then let's move on to ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Hey, what up? Hey, what up, son? <laughs> So I apologize for missing last week and I'm back this week with a quiz. And just to remind everybody, both of you guys are on three wins right now. Yes. Woo. Um, uh, Paul's three. Is it? I thought I had two wins. It might be three. I don't know. I, I was pretty sure that um, you both had three. Okay. But I, I will, I will go back and have a look. But yeah, so I've been trying to put this quiz off. Okay. Ever oh. since we started doing this, I have been asked, so many times to do this quiz topic and I've been putting it off and putting it off because I know both of you are going to suck at it because every time I put one of these questions in any of the other quizzes you've got it wrong but I'm going to have to do it and it is a quiz all about Pokemon why why you know I don't play Pokemon play Pokemon (laughs) yeah but this isn't for you this is for like the listeners because I get asked all the time to do this quiz and I'm, I'm not, not kidding. I'm not going to commit career suicide and say fuck the listeners. But no, it's, no. What's the point? Because this will be very fun. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be like I don't know them on. I don't know them on. It's, it's going to be pass, 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 pass. No idea. Oh, yes. that one. Okay. No, I don't know it. 
How yes. much has how much has Sarah paid you to do a Pokemon quiz? Sarah's not paid me anything yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the check is in the mail, obviously. Oh, I see. Um, you got to deliver okay. first. Okay, so if you've never done this quiz before, I'm going to ask the guys ten questions. And towards the end of the quiz, we're going to get uh, the answers. And yep. whoever wins, you never know. You never know, right? You've got no pull here to upset the voodoo, you know, with his, oh, I'm not going to win this, guys. Oh, I've got 12 out of 10. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Paul got 12 out of 10 on a Pokemon quiz. You know something's messed up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just really good at Google. So anyway, <laughs> right. Are you guys ready? No. I know you're not. But Can it we're only doing be five this anyway. questions? No, there's going to be 10 questions, and I'm going to... One, one question. Yeah, I, I have made these <laughs> questions as simple as I possibly could, okay? Like, these are these are my first Pokemon quiz questions, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, question one. I'm not even writing these down, I can't be asked. I'm just going <laughs> to wing it when it comes to later on. Question one. In Pokemon Red and Blue, who gives their player their first Pokemon? So question one, in Pokemon Red and Blue, who gives the player their first Pokemon? One more time, question one, in Pokemon Red and Blue, who gives the player their first Pokemon? Okay, question two. Lord. (laughs) Question two, what item is required to evolve a Pikachu into a Raichu? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm lost. <laughs> Question two: What item is required to evolve a Pikachu into a Raichu? Let me just uh, text Sarah real quick. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. Question three: Which Pokeball has the best catch success rate? Is it A, the Great Ball, B, the Ultra Ball, or C, the Master Ball? (laughs) (laughs) Question three, which Pokeball has the best catch success rate? Is it A, the Great Ball, B, the Ultra Ball, or C, the Master Ball? (laughs) I'm loving this. Just just by going the the name, surely it's... Oh God! Hey, hey! Uh, all, all I'm saying is, I'm just giving the names. You tell me which one you think has the best success rate. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, question four: What's the name of the device that trainers use to keep a record of their Pokemon encounters? Oh, I know this one. And question four. What's the name of the device that po- the trainers use to keep a record of their Pokemon encounters? I get a feeling that my wife is going to beat all of you on this quiz, and it's going to be so good. Yeah, probably. Absolutely right. <laughs> okay, question five. Magikarp, the useless fish Pokemon, evolves into which Pokemon? Oh, I actually know this one. Oh, see? Question five, Magikarp, the useless fish Pokemon, evolves into which Pokemon? Okay, uh, question six. How many Pokemon badges can you earn by beating gym leaders in each Pokemon game? What is that typing sound? 
Is that you, Greg? Uh, that is no, my rabbit. That's that's my oh, rabbit okay. eating. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, no, I, sorry. Oh no, I can't even be bothered to cheat on this one. <laughs> <laughs> right, question six: How many Pokemon badges can you win by beating gym leaders in each Pokemon game? Question seven: Mewtwo was created as a clone of which Pokemon? And question seven: Mewtwo was created as a clone of which Pokemon? Thank you, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, question eight: What is the name of Ash Ketchum's hometown? And question eight: What is the name of Ash Ketchum's hometown? <laughs> uh, question nine. Name one of the three starter Pokemon from the second generation of Pokemon first seen in Pokemon Gold and Silver. Just one of the three. You can name any of the three. Can I give you a letter? <laughs> like from one of the names. No. <laughs> uh, do you want to go on strike? Question nine, I mean, name one of the three starter Pokemon from the second generation of Pokemon first seen in Pokemon Gold and Silver. Go on strike if you like. Uh, I'll give a point to Paul. <laughs> and question ten. Steelix is a Pokemon evolution that occurs when which Pokemon is traded while holding a metal coat. What? What is this? It's a really simple question. Metal coat? <laughs> what, I'm not kidding you. My, 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 my nine-year-old would wipe the floor with both of you on this. Does your nine-year-old like Pokemon? Yeah, like well, most nine-year-olds. There nine we go olds. then. <laughs> you were nine once, all I'm saying. How many question... people are listening to this going, oh my god, guys, come on, that's obvious. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. Um, in question 10, Steelix is a Pokemon evolution that occurs when which Pokemon is traded while holding a metal coat? And that was all 10 questions. There are people that come on this podcast and like, I'd like to think that we're quite informed and that we know what we're talking about. And, you know, we have a impassioned but also knowledgeable view of the industry. And you've just blown that to bits. I, do you know what I like the most is the fact that, you know, Everybody has their special subject, yeah? But yeah, like, Pokemon just seems to be, like, the grey area for everybody. Like, the blind spot. And I, I, I can't wait to see your answers, to be honest. <laughs> I'm actually going gonna, gonna to put my these questions to my nine-year-old in the morning. And I'm going to put it up at the same time as the podcast goes up. To, to see how you do against a nine-year-old. <laughs> ah, this should be fun. Well, thanks, Sean. It's a pleasure, guys. That what was, a that treat. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, rather than let's talk about something that we do know, the PlayStation 2. Oh, I'm good at that. Yes. Greg, I'm going to let you loose on this one. It's going to be amazing. Oh, dear. Right. This week marked the 20-year anniversary of the PlayStation 2. And there's not much more to it than that, but we want to get in and talk about some of our Favorite memories of the console, things that we remember fondly about it, um, maybe not so fondly, and some of your favorite games. So, Greg Hicks, let's go. Ooh, right, okay. I mean, 
for one, there's a massive catalogue of like some of my favourite games on there anyway. You've got Shadow of the Colossus, Metal Gear Solid 3, that's about it. No, Bouncer, Def Jam Fight for New York. I mean, there's just so many on there that are amazing. And Zone Enders 2, I mean, I could wax lyrical, but I kind of did sell half my collection, which is a bit sad. Um, Ghost Hunter, which I bet you guys didn't play. Nope, I, silence all around. No, I did not. No. Oh, it's a, it a great game made by Sony Cambridge. Um, yeah, I've got some very fond, like, specific memories, though, like, segue into how expensive memory cards were. I didn't have a PlayStation 2 to start with. My friend, uh, Bondi, used to bring his round. And we rented the Bouncer, because I was really looking forward to it. And if you aren't aware, the Bouncer is like a 3D sort of fighting force, Streets of Rage type thing where you play as three bouncers and you take on this big corporation. There's more to it. There's robots. There's giant space satellite things. And it's all, it's Squaresoft, so it's it's bananas. But yeah, it had, I don't want to say permadeath because that wasn't a thing then, but it didn't have a continue system. If you died, you died. So we didn't have a memory card. They were like a rarity. We also rented a game called Extermination, which was like Resident Evil in an Antarctic base. But yeah, we, well, he, he crashed out, but I remember staying up from sort of like, when he came around at 6 p.m., and I stayed up till about 7 a.m. playing the bouncer and finally finishing it because I didn't want to die. I didn't want to turn the console off because I wouldn't be able to continue. So I just carried on playing that. One of my fondest memories, though, was Resident Evil Code Veronica came with a demo for the first Devil May Cry, which, oh, cool. yeah, yeah, which is probably why Resident Evil Code Veronica sold quite well because Devil May Cry was this hot new IP that was going to be amazing, which actually came off the back of a failed Resident Evil 4 iteration that was too supernatural, so they made it, you know, Devil May Cry. And have you guys ever played the first one? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember, have you guys played the fifth one? No. No, okay. Um, In the first one, there were these enemies called uh, Shadows, which were like uh, Panthers. They were, well, they, they were just like demon cat type things, and then you damage them enough times, and they, 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 they'd like transform into spikes and shoot across the map at you, that kind of thing. And when you damage them, they expose a core that you need to keep hitting till it destroys my friend oh well toby funny enough we used to just keep playing it and playing it taking on the cat enemy because uh, it was like the last bit of the demo uh but not attacking the core so if you if you don't do it in time it it reforms so we used to basically just play like an endurance thing to see how long we keep going before it killed us because you don't get many health pickups in there and once you run out of health items you're kind of on your own really there's no there's, there's no like replenished health in the boss battle or sub boss battle as it turned out to be in the game. But yeah, we used to just sort of sit and play that for ages, really, just just seeing how long we could keep like like a like a survival mode kind of thing. So that was always one of my other sort of fondest memories of it. Yeah, I mean like this this it's a console that well as you said it, it's sell it's the highest selling console ever. So there's so many great games are like Splinter Cell Chaos Theory well all the Splinter Cells really but Chaos Theory and yeah I did I did end up buying them on the Xbox as well and they've recently been ported to the not recently but they they came to the PS3 as a HD collection of all that it's just a console like, I've, like I know Ross you only got into the PlayStation from the 4 didn't you yeah I mean my history of PS2 is very very quick I bought it for San Andreas <laughs> I bought it for San Andreas yeah San Andreas yeah that was it really I was very um, Xbox uh, focused at that time in my life yeah, there's no harm in that. For me, like I said, I've, I I had a PlayStation 1 from way back. So the natural progression for me kind of went PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. And then I went over to Xbox when I bought a second-hand one from Game Station when I worked there. And then I went from 360. I missed a lot of the PS3 and came back on it. But yeah, PS1 and 2 are just, for me, just phenomenal consoles. You've got games like Second Sight, which I still think is one of the most, un- well, one of the most underrated games ever. Like Black was on there. The Warriors, you know, the Max Paynes when they came down from PC. And yeah, I know these games are all on the other consoles at the same time as well. But it home, it was home to, like, Onimusha 3, which I still think is one of the 
best CGI, well, FMV openings to a game ever, which you guys should go on YouTube and check out because it's fantastic. I mean, I, I could sit and talk about it for hours, but, you know, I won't. <laughs> There's so many games on there, though, that like, yeah, that they're games that have, have been ported to other consoles that people can play. You know, you see the Hitman games like uh, Hitman Silent Assassin um, and Contracts, and they've been ported since. But, you know, they, they found their feet when they came down from PC onto PS2. And that, that, for me, is where a lot of love for these franchises started. And the fact that they could play PS1 games as well, you know, when, when, backwards, compatibility, when backwards compatibility wasn't so much about rinsing people to buy, you know, next versions of games. It was just, yeah, sure, run your PS1 games on it, it's fine. With upscaling and quicker loading times. Which, when you're playing something like Resident Evil with the doors, was a fucking godsend. So, yeah, it's just, it's 20 years old, but it's still a fond console. I've, I had one up until recently. I did sell all my old games, which is a bit annoying. But, yeah, it's just, it's a fantastic console that, that, that deserves... The problem is it had such a massive games library there is some shit out there but if you're willing to go through with it there's some of my all-time favorite games either started on that console or they carried on from the playstation one onto that console so yeah it's, it's always going to be like top one for me playstation one and two are going to be up there with the snares as, as you know nostalgic consoles awesome thank you so right, I went a bit sort of glassy-eyed then and just drifted off into Nostalgiaville. Ah, uh, those were the days. <laughs> For stress and finances and all that kind of shit. Indeed. Well, we were what? I would have been, what, 13 when the PS2 came we out? We would have been, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, you're only a few year, uh, months younger than me, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you October. know, you're October. 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 Yeah. yeah, so you're only like three months younger than me. Mm. So yeah, we would have been 13. Um, Glory days. Do you remember how much PlayStation days. memory cards cost, though? They were like 40 quid, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing now, isn't it? When you look at it and you go, wow, that much for 25 megabytes. Yeah, or when you go into like, I know you can't go into CEX, but I know when like, you go to CEX. <laughs> they haven't forgiven you for the mess you made with the chicken. Um, oh, God. But it's, it's amazing when you see games that used to pay like, what was the average price of a game? Seven ninety nine. That was always the sticking point of what a new game would be. Supermarkets, they were 40 Everywhere else, 37 And then you see them now like in CEX for like 50p. Blimey. Good game. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sean, what are your lasting memories of the PlayStation 2? I was thinking about this the other day, and we had a, a shop in Stoke. It was called uh, Another World. And that was like your like your indie version of game back in the day. And you, like it was a horrible hole. It had like, they constantly had incense burning and they had like slipknot posters and like all kind of weird shit all over the walls all the time. But upstairs, they had basically like a secondhand games market. And I just always remember going in there and like this was kind of the days before the internet kind of blew up and you know everybody knew about every game and you know there was trailers and all that kind of stuff and you used to go up and just take a punt on a game and I I remember playing Extermination it was like a frost version of Resident Evil yes um, I'm glad I wasn't talking bollocks and you remember it as well yeah yeah like I, I remember because the thing is I, I also played the X Files game at the same time oh yeah. And and there was like a part of it that was really similar, and I just remember thinking, like, like thinking, is this the same fucking game? But anyway, the, it, it was just so great that like there was such a massive variety. Like I just think back to those days and think, like, I can't remember the lot that any game that I bought on the PS2. And I'll be honest with you, I also had a lot of pirated games um, because my mum and dad were like super cheap. So like I had so many games, but I can't remember one bad one. Like not a single bad PS2 game. Like thirteen, Ape Escape. There's just it was it was like a console that was just full of variety and mostly good games. And I think that you know that the fact that it's the best selling console 
says a lot. You know, the, the, there's been other consoles just as good, but I don't think with as, as much variety and with as much quality as, as that had. It kind of tells, you know, to think about what we used to do back in the day, we used to have cheap books and memory cards and go to secondhand shops with absolutely no knowledge of what we were going to buy. You know, we'd walk in with three games and walk out with one and we'd like, it doesn't matter because this game is going to be good because it's a PS2 game and that's all that mattered. And it was just, those were the good old days. I feel like I'm, I'm talking like Paul right now, but like, <laughs> it just, it, I, just, I just think back to those days and I think to myself, like maybe, maybe my quality filter has, has changed over time, but that, that whole generation was just quality. And I genuinely can't think of many bad PS2 games that I played. Even the fucking movie tag. Can you remember Agent Hugo? Did anyone Agent else? Hugo. Not Hugo the Troll. Yeah. But they used to be the ones who used to play on live and kicking, didn't they? They used to phone in for and go left. Right, yeah. and there'd be like a massive delay. Yeah, I remember the I remember the Hugo games were on the PS one. There was but... a, there was there was one on the PS two called Agent Hugo. And my friend gave it to me and he said it's terrible. And I spent no word of a lie, like f- full days <laughs> playing that game. And I, it was probably terrible, but you know, back in the day like you think about the movie tie ins back in those days. Like they were good. PS two movie tie ins were some, really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean the Warriors. Up. I've already championed yeah. it, but the Warriors was great. Yeah, we had, um, is it uh, Godfather? Um, yeah. There was a Scarface game. Scarface. There was, there was Reservoir Batman Dogs. Games, was all right. Bat- there was, yeah. Yeah, um, there was Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear that. Say that, say that, say that louder for me, Greg. I know, because then it's going to, it's, it's almost like invoking it. <laughs> it's invoking it in people's minds. I don't want to curse them with it, but yeah. But yeah, that that generation, that the whole console was was like quality. The the eye toy um, man, it was like it was one of those those consoles that kind of like. And I'll admit that most of the games that I got were pirated, and you know I didn't get to see box art and stuff. I just got a list from a guy that worked in a factory, and he just provided us with goldie discs to put in the PlayStation, and they nice. worked. And oh. I, Sorry, I've just had another one. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, go on. No, I was going to say, because I, I obviously said that about the Devil May Cry demo with um, Resident Evil. I, who can forget fucking the Metal Gear Solid demo? Yeah. That <laughs> came with Zone of the Enders. And I mean, yeah. that's the only reason Zone of the Enders sold, because the first one was a good idea, but wasn't great. And Zone of the Enders 2 is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, I remember just... I, do you remember there was a, there was a, a PXM or PSM uh, magazine that came with a video... Yeah. Of the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer. And yeah. I must have watched that and wore it to death. It was it was like 30 minutes and it was it was just insane. It was all the tanker stuff, so it didn't give away anything then. And then yeah, um, again, Toby and I were just playing the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo for donkey's years. And that was just that was amazing. Like the, the physics in it, that everything was just oh yeah. It's weird, like you look back at the way they used to get us to buy games, and it was like magazines with stickers or demo discs. Or tapes, <laughs> like those yeah, were the, the way that the they... idea now of sticking a video tape to a magazine. Everyone <laughs> would be doing mental. Uh, yeah, could you? Or me- memory go. card stickers. Do you remember those? Oh yes. Yeah, you could get yes. like like game related memory cards, so you could write your name on it, or you could write what <laughs> saves are on there. Yeah, and I, I actually did have a friend who put like Final Fantasy Seven, Resident Evil Two. You know, he wrote the saves on it. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, me too. Them? And he's like, well, I said, what have you deleted? He's like, no, I just bought another memory card. Like, All yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, the, move, the moving icons for memory card, for saves. Oh, yeah. That was so good. I don't know if you had your console chipped, right? No, because I'm a good boy. 
Okay, so anybody who had their Dana, console I got, chipped... I have got a chip PS1, so I can't really talk. Anyone who had their console chipped will know the fear between switching the, play, the PlayStation 2 on, seeing the wow, and then that second black afterwards when you're not entirely sure if the PlayStation 2 is going to load or yep. not. Every... Oh, do, you remember, do you remember the red screen uh, The red screen that used to say, please insert a PlayStation 2 <laughs> format? I don't, I don't know if you ever had this in your short time working with Ross, but did you ever have anyone come up to you and go, what's a format disc? And it's like, no, 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 no. It means the PlayStation is the format, and it means it wants one of those games. It means that you're trying to put like an Xbox game in and they're like, no, no, it says PlayStation 2 format disc. What do I need to format? Uh, no, it doesn't mean format the console. It means the format is the console. That's the platform. And it wants a specific PlayStation 2 disc, which means you've obviously tried putting in a bootleg game or something. <laughs> you know, and the, Or it was like when, when the, the PS2 Slims came out and they couldn't play the purple bat discs, for example. Yeah. And they're going... Yeah, but can I buy a format disc? Like, oh my god! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting like repressed retail nightmares. Oh, bless your cotton socks. Yeah, <laughs> I've done. I've done my time, haven't we all? I remember very fondly from that era going to Pink Planet, or as we know as Games Exchange. In uh, I thought in... it was called Pink Planet. That's I always knew it as Games it's Exchange. A... It's Pink Planet Games Exchange, isn't it? Pink Planet Games Exchange, yeah. Which is still and there. And crack pipes, yeah. How is it still going? I never know, but. Still, still selling crack pipes. Sorry, water. <laughs> what are they called? Water things? Water vases and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Water B- vases. BB guns and all, all kinds of shit. This is not an advert for this shop, but I would avoid it. My lasting memory of that generation, like I said, I mean, I bought a PS2 for San Andreas because they were exclusive to PlayStation at the time, which I think was a major part of its appeal to a lot of people. Um, having three in Vice City and San Andreas all on the same system. And I remember having it on Xbox eventually. It came in the double pack. San Andreas and Vice City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh no, cool. no, no! It was it was three in Vice City. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was in that silver foil double pack thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was all purple on the inside. It was really nice. Yeah, and yeah, I think that was the biggest thing about it was trying to convince um, parents that GTA is fine. It's just it's just running around in a car. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I, I bought a PS2 Slim, uh, which was still to this day I think one of the best looking consoles ever because it was yeah. so small. So so small, and it was great. And there was a thing going around this week on uh, on the internet that PlayStation and revealed that you could move the little PlayStation thing on the front and the little logo. So if you had it horizontal or vertical, you could move the little PlayStation logo that was on the front of the console. Yeah. And I discovered that almost immediately. I was amazed that there was a lot of people that never knew that was a thing. Yeah, I remember getting it just yeah, not not OCD. I'm not mocking people with OCD or anything like that. So I'm not going to make light of it. But yeah, I just. It was just one of those things you just sit there and just click, oh, back in, click, oh, back in, click. And even if people used to trade them in, I would just have them on the desk. And while I'm talking to them, just be like, click, 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 click. Hmm. Yeah, mad feature. But it was weird because having your PS2 vertical was fundamentally one of the worst things you could do for it. And the discs, because the, the disc used to yeah. freewheel in there. I mean, the Slim, it was fine because it had a spindle. But there was no spindle in the original one, or as, as such. It wasn't a very secure one. So any slight vibration near the console, and the console itself vibrated... And, yeah, you're essentially laser engraving your disc. Uh, Sean, did I speak over you just then? I'm sorry. Did you have something to... I know. I was, I was just going to try and... So when when we had Vice City, I remember my brother, who was probably 10 at the time. So my mum and dad didn't really pay attention to what we were playing. They we, they just got us whatever games we wanted. And they didn't really kind of understand the age ratings. So I just remember my dad 
walking into the living room while I was sitting in the living room with my mum and my dad saying, Adam, my brother, had just picked up a hooker, had sex with her in the car, and then killed her to get the money back. <laughs> and my mum going, excuse me? And he said, we need to take the PlayStation out of our room. And I was like, no, just take the game. Just take the game. Just take the game. Don't take the PlayStation. Just take the game. But uh, they took Vice City. We still had San Andreas. So eat that, parents. <laughs> I remember there was one of the one of the last stories that came out of GameStation, not the Taunton one, but the brand, was somebody had bought a second-hand copy of San Andreas for their son who wasn't of the age to be playing it anyway, and they found a packet of pills in the instruction booklet, and it was all like, <laughs> it was all, oh, the company did this, and I'm going to level with you. I mean, who in the right, we used to check discs and that, but no one's going to flick through every page of the instruction booklet. I mean, it wouldn't matter nowadays because they don't have them, but no one's going to sit there and just flick through all the Spanish and German instructions just to make sure there's nothing in there. Completely missing the fact that this kid wasn't old enough to be playing the game anyway. <laughs> did that become a policy after that? Uh, I wasn't there then. I don't know. Oh, okay. This is when I had the sense to run away. I imagine finding Because they drugs. found all my drug stash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time to flee. Meow. <laughs> run away. <laughs> Damn, I've been rumbled. Yeah, exactly. Shit, how am I going to put them out now? <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. If you've got any uh, PS2 memories of uh, of your own, then do let us know. Because it's, it's a fantastic console. There's no, there's no getting around that. And it's very deep in the hearts of us lot here at the Finger Guns podcast. So do let us know. We'd, be, we'd love to hear them. Right, let's go into the BAFTA game nominations. Now, I'm going to run through these very quickly, because there's still, there's still a fair bit to talk about tonight. It's been a very busy week in the old gaming stratosphere. Okay, so the BAFTA Games Award, which is taking place on the 2nd of April, so long as the virus doesn't overtake London. In animation, we've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Luigi's Mansion 3, Sayonara Wild Hearts and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I'll ask each of you who should win out of that for animation. Call of Duty. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Why not? Why not? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Sekiro just because the combat animation looks very flush, especially with the counters and the sword strikes. And you, I don't know if you guys follow, I'm just slightly divergent. If you ever see, it's called like Sunny Legend on Twitter. He does GIFs yeah. of like very cool action shots. From games mm-hmm. like Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter, and stuff like that. And when he was doing the he or she, I don't know. Um, when he was doing the Sekiro ones, and you see some of the some of the amazingly like split second timings and sword battles, and I just think, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm too busy trying not to die to notice that, but yeah. I'm going to go for control in that one because oh, when you uh, when you cleanse a room and the room sort of goes back to normal with its like blockiness, I love it. It's really really cool. Yeah, good show. Artistic achievement. We've got Concrete Genie, Control. Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Nikes and Bikes, and Sayonara Wild Hearts. Any of the above. <laughs> all right, they, cool. they all one. deserve that. To be, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd probably pick um, Concrete Genie, uh, because I think that's quite an artistic game. But I genuinely, any of them could win, and I'd be happy. Yeah. Right. Control, for me. I'm not going to go Death Stranding, because meh. But yeah, yeah I, think, I think Control. Out of the games that I played on that list, Control, just... For its, uh, I mean, I, I love the Alan Wakeverse Remedy world, so yeah. Yeah, I'd either go Control or Concrete Genie on that one, because Concrete Genie is such a beautiful game, and uh, yeah, it deserves some recognition. It seems to be ignored in the pantheon of great PS4 exclusives, and it shouldn't be, because it's great. But yeah, like Sean said, it's a fantastic category. Audio achievements, we've got Ape Out, which is brilliant, the soundtrack's fantastic. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Jedi Fallen Order, and Untitled Goose Game. Why? Because Honk, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> Honk. I, I mean, we all know Call of Duty's going to win it, isn't it? 
It always bloody does because it's some it's depictions of modern warfare. Blah, blah, blah. Um, no, Star Wars for me, just because lightsabers with the voing, <laughs> the voing. Yeah, exactly. See, I, I'm going to go with Control, and I think it deserves it because the audio in that game is just sublime. Like you know, the all the sound effects, but especially when like the whole whispering when you get somebody next to somebody who's got the yeah. hiss and stuff like that. It is so atmospheric. They've done such a good job with that game in the audio department, so I think they deserve it. But again, I haven't played Ape Out, and I wish I had, so yeah, maybe. I'm just going by the list they have on the BAFTA website. So next up is Best Game. Let's just jump straight to it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Control, Disco Elysium, Luigi's Mansion 3, Outer Wilds, Sekiro, and Untitled Goose Game. Sean? Um, Control. Okay. Greg? Oh, tough one for me. I I, I do love Control, but I do love Sekiro. Um secure for me i think okay um i would go control because i haven't really played anything else except for the title goose game but that's not game of the year come on let's not be stupid um, this is not a nom- nomination though does it you know oh, yeah for sure it's, it was it's a... basically bought back comedy games as a genre so yeah. <laughs> it's done well yeah i mean yeah it's a great game it's a f- and it was a phenomenon on on launch but come on now let's be real <laughs> uh british game uh dirt rally 2.0 heaven's vault Knights and Bikes, Observation, Planet Zoo, and Total War Three Kingdoms. Greg? Well, of the ones I played on that, it's going to have to be Dirt. Because, I mean, I know Rally is a worldwide thing, but for me, it was just... Watching old Rally is like a quintessentially British thing for me. I used to watch it on my dad, so... Mm-hmm. I think that one, for me, that's a personal choice. But, I that's mean, as they, as they all are, I suppose. But, yeah, I think, for me, Dirt. Just because it's, it's nostalgic, I guess. Cool. Uh, Sean? Knights and Bikes, all day. Yeah, I agree. And it's the only one that I've played. So nice and bikes it is. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Debut game. We've got Ape Out, Death, Death Stranding. Come on now. Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Nights and Bikes, and Manifold Garden. Sean? Uh, anything but Death Stranding. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg? No, I'm going to say Death Stranding on this one just because this, the audacity of the concept behind it. And we haven't had a game like it and we haven't had anything since although there are now like walking simulators not walking simulators that's the other genre similar kind of games now popping up on steam because people just bosh them all together yeah i mean for the for the smoke and smoke and mirrors pomp and bluster snake oil bullshit it's still a unique game and i was very much on board until i finished it so yeah death surrounding um i'd go katana zero in that one that's nice. awesome good shout I, um, my, my opinion will change when that comes to xbox as well okay um, it's not far off, is it now? What, was it, was it announced? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up with uh, Pedro. Yeah, no, Katana Zero hasn't been announced yet. I'm just being optimistic because Pedro came over. Okay. Evolving game. We have Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, No Man's Sky Beyond, and Path of Exile. Uh, Sean? I'd love to see No Man's Sky, but I think it's going to be Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I think it will too. I'm not saying it deserves it, but I think that's probably where it's going to go. Greg? I, I haven't played a lot of No Man's Sky, but I'd love to see that just because you know, they've weathered the storm and come out a better game, but as you say, they're going to vote for Fortnite, aren't they? Yeah, because it's fun. Shut up. <laughs> um, I think Apex Legends is also in with a shout. It's got a massive fan base and it's doing very well, so I think that's probably also in with a shot. Family game, we've got Concrete Genie, Knights and Bikes, Luigi's Mansion 3, Untitled Goose Game, a Vacation Simulator, and Wattam. So, Sean, as family man. Uh, anything but the Luigi's Mansion Okay. Uh, like, like that that game doesn't deserve to be in that catalog, in that, wow. that category. It's it's not it's not. Like, it's not really I, a family game, is it? So no, it's not good though either. It just like oh. I people rant about this game, and I played it and thinking, 
Are you, are you playing the same game as me, or is this just like a crappy Mario game? It's like the worst, and <laughs> this is the moment I get cancelled. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> um, what's your problem with Lu- with Mario and Luigi games, man? I, I don't, not, not all Mario and Luigi games. Like it's just it's it's how overhyped they get compared to stuff that's exactly the same. Uh, and it's not a guy wearing overalls. Well, Luigi's Mansion Three is also off a best game. Yeah, I know, and I, I kind of somebody needs to. It, it's it's just it's fine, but I just get the feeling that like Nintendo didn't have the strongest year, and it was like, what's the best Nintendo game we can put in the category? Luigi's Mansion. It's... Okay. I'm going for Concrete Genie in that one. Good man. Game Beyond Entertainment: uh, Civilization Six, Gathering Storm, Death Stranding, Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill, Beats to Write to. Life is Strange 2, Episodes 2 to 5, not Episode 1, <laughs> uh, Neocab, and Ring Fit Adventure. Greg, what do you reckon? Not Death Stranding, because that went beyond it to Boringsville, which okay. I could have thought of something really pity to say then, but that's how much my excitement for the game was, that I couldn't think of any better than Boringsville. So yeah, Boringsville. It, it, it shot past entertainment into up its own butt territory. So not Death Stranding, but that's the only one I've played of those. Okay, Sean? Uh, kind Words or Neocab um, yep. are both very good. Yeah, I haven't played any of these yet, sadly, but I know people love Kind Words, and I love the concept behind Kind Words, so I hope that wins. Game Design, Babar is You, Control, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Wattam. Uh, Greg, another choice between uh, Sekiro and Control here, it looks like. <laughs> it's going to be Control with this one. Yeah, Just like enough. you say, the... the... The oldest house with its constantly shape, constantly changing landscape and whatnot. I thought was phenomenal. So, wow, phenomenal. Yeah, that's like double phenomenal. <laughs> Sean, Barbara's you. Okay, all day. Nice. I'm going to go for control on that one as well. Uh, multiplayer: Apex Legends, Borderlands Three, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, Luigi's Mansion Three, TikTok: A Tale for Two, and Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Sean, I'd love to see TikTok up on stage because I deserve it. But uh, if it was my preference, I'd go for The Division 2. Uh, Greg? Yeah, I'd go for The Division as well. I'm vastly enjoying it over the first one. Mm, yeah, me too. Me too. But yeah, like Sean said, TikTok would be awesome. It'd be so cool with that one. But it probably won't. But it's it's awesome it's even there, to be honest, up against that yeah. lot. Yeah. It's great. Can, can we just imagine how good these nominations are this year? Yeah, like, it's been a great year. It's it's not like it's so few games you think they deserve it up on stage. And mm-hmm. so few games you think you've been nominated for no fucking reason. I think it's it, BAFTA, so they've knocked out the part this year. I agree. Music, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Wattam. Uh, Greg? What was that band that was in Death Stranding that I absolutely didn't know before and I really hated afterwards? Low Roar. Low, low. low Roar, that's it. Oh, fuck that. That put me <laughs> off. I'm going to go with the classic Zelda because Zelda music is always iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go for Link's Awakening on this. Control is Control's audio is amazing, but I think the music, um, I think that should go to Zelda for sure. Uh, Sean, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Ah, uh, if only, eh? If only. <laughs> Why is that not in this category? Anyway, <laughs> I agree. It's crazy. It's not here. <laughs> anyway, the game is a bloody soundtrack. For God's sake, never mind. Uh, narrative. We have Control, Disco Elysium, Life is Strange Two, Episodes Two to Five. Why is Episode One not being? Instead of these, I don't know. know. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I get the feeling that episode one was released um, prior to this consideration period. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Um, uh, left... Okay, yeah. that's cool. Damn it, uh, you're so out smart. Of... <laughs> Outer Wilds, The Outer Worlds, 
and Jedi Fallen Order. Gregory? Ooh. I mean, Control, obviously, great game, great narrative. Uh, Outer Worlds, haven't finished yet. Still enjoying it. Star Wars, though, I mean, it was a Star Wars story, and you could take that as good or bad, but it was a good Star Wars game, and I really enjoyed it. All right. I really enjoyed where they went with it, and how they sort of tried to link it into the, the ever-changing extended universe. Sean? Outer Worlds. I'd give it to the Outer Worlds, too. Nice. Good job. The way it branches out, and it's just hugely entertaining from beginning to end. Mm. And written very well. Original property, Babber is You, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. What's winning that, Sean? I think Untitled Goose Game is going to win that. Original original property, you think, you know, what's the most original thing to come out of that entire category? Yeah, it's Goose Game. Yep, it is. Uh, Greg? I want to say Death Stranding. Again, like I said a minute ago, it was an original game, and we haven't seen anything like it prior to that. And yeah, for all its endgame failings, and terrible soundtrack choice. I enjoyed it. Cool. Okay, I'm going to go for Goose Game on this one as well. Goose Game. Because it's, it's, it's wild. I know you might be listening to this going, why aren't they picking Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium? I haven't played either of them yet, which is I know. No, I haven't played Elysium. My brother's been playing it, and he said it's very good, but I don't think I've got the time to invest in it. Apparently it's massive. Sean, you've been playing it, haven't you? Outer, what, no, which Disco, one? Disco Elysium. No, I played it at like four different shows, and oh. then I played a small... Uh, section of the start for a build for a preview which i never did right. um but like I, I desperately wanted to play it but then when they announced they were coming to consoles with it i was like you know what i'm gonna wait so <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll just wait for the console version yeah out of Wilds, i'm aware of how much people love out of wild but i haven't played it yet so i'm not going to pretend to know anything about it in terms of these categories just as a disclaimer for those folks listening uh right performer in a leading role this is an interesting one uh we have laura bailey as kate diaz in gears five courtney hope as jesse faden in control logan marshall green who i might be talking about again in a minute in telling lies gonzalo martin in life is strange 2 barry sloan as captain price in call of duty modern warfare and norman reedus in death stranding uh sean who wins best performer in a leading role it's got to be jesse faden and it's, it's got to be control I think she, mm-hmm. she nailed it. So, yeah. I think it, it's a good category, though, because even, you know, Captain Price, you know, it's, it's like we, we turn her nose up at it, but he did a good job. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. there's not anybody in this category I think is, is bad. So, like, anybody could win this, and I'd, you know, I'd be, I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Courtney Hope was good, but I think some of it was a bit, like, especially with, um, What's his face? He plays Alan Wake. Ah, what's his name? He, he plays the Doctor in the in Control, doesn't he? Yeah. And of course, James McCaffrey is the voice of the old director. That, that's Max Payne, by the way. Remedy games have always been deliberately hammed up, so you take it like tongue in cheek. So I wouldn't say it's an amazing performance because it's deliberately not corny, not cheesy. But do you know what I mean? Like Quantum Break, Max Payne One, Two. They're all deliberately corny so i wouldn't say like it was a heartfelt performance for me but it was still good um i'm not gonna say norman reedus because he just has that kojima thing of protagonist repeating what everyone says to them so i'm gonna go no score draw on that one i don't want to nominate that category okay i mean again i've not played a lot of these barry sloan is captain price i mean he's not the original captain price is he that's probably why he's been nominated i don't i don't think so he sounds incredibly similar yeah i don't know I, i mean of what i've played i'd have to give it to courtney hope 
but we shall uh, we shall see. Especially because she does live action stuff in it as well. It's a nice kind of like mixture of uh, yeah. motion capture, audio, and live action. Uh, before we're in a supporting role, we have uh, Jolene Anderson in Life is Strange Two. Troy Baker, you might have heard of him. He's he's been in a couple of things as Higgs in Death Stranding. Um, Sarah Bartholomew as Cassidy in Life is Strange Two. Aisha Issa in the Dark Pictures anthology Man of Medan. Leia Sidhu. I'm not pronouncing that right. I apologise. You Death are Stranding. but one extra O. <laughs> okay. Did you? Sado, was it? Yeah, Leia Sado, yeah. Leia Sado, right. And um, Marty Suasalo as the janitor in control. So, Sean, who's winning that one? I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I've not played any any of the other games here, so it's going to have to be the janitor. Okay. Who, who um, was really fucking good, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, sure. so, yeah. Mm. Uh, Greg, we've got two Death Strandings and a control in here. What do you reckon? <laughs> Troy Baker is Higgs in Death Stranding, and that was a good character. I loved him from his first appearance with his, his gold skull mask on, and he is properly chewing the scenery. And he knows it, because even the script sort of doesn't break the fourth wall, but it, it it's along those lines. So yeah, as, as far as villains go, he was pretty top-notch. He was, he was a, a stereotypical campy villain, and that's what you want from a game that's otherwise boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Your breakup with Death Stranding is so sad to see. Ugh. Cool. And technical achievements. Oh, wait, who, who would I pick? I'd pick the janitor because, you know, I haven't played anything else. Uh, technical achievement, A Plague Tale Innocence, which has only been nominated for one category, which is outrageous. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Metro Exodus, and Sekiro. Gregory. Ah, me first. Ah, oh, crap. Whew. I'm not gonna, I haven't played a lot of it, but Plague Tale with its rats. That is impressive yes. how they get some of those bloody things on screen. It's like Choo Choo Rocket, but a horrible, <laughs> but like the horrible version of it. That's fantastic, Sean. Same. I will triple that. There it is. None of those. Now, yep. if that doesn't win on the night, like we've we've cursed it. So, if any of you listening from the studio, I'm so sorry that we cursed it because that's the only <laughs> thing we've agreed on, and we've obviously. Jinxed it, so I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Asobo Studio, we love you, really, honest. But yeah, <laughs> and you're making a sequel, so I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to it. Get better voice actors. Can you imagine how it's going to look on PS5? Oh, goodness me! And finally, a mobile game of the year: Assemble with Care, Call of Duty Mobile, Dead Man's Phone, Pokemon Go, Tangled Tower, and What the Golf. We need Paulie for this, really, because these are primarily um, Apple Arcade games. But uh, Sean, have you played any of these? I have played What the Golf, but I played it on PC, and okay. uh, it was it's very really good, and you should absolutely play that game. It is hilarious. It's very really good. That's what I thought he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wording good, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Greg, you played any of these? Nope. Okay, I've played Call of Duty Mobile, but I know that Paul is in love with Assemble with Care. Uh, so well, it was I'm going to years, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually. You can go and look at that on thingyons.net. Uh, so I'm going to go for Assemble with Care, but this one is voted for. This is the only one that's voted for by the public. So I'm going to take a stab that Call of Duty is going to win it. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Call of Duty or, or Pokemon Go, I reckon. Is Fortnite not in this category either? It's not, no. That's interesting. Very you interesting. played it on mobile. Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure you play Fortnite on mobile. You just. <laughs> land on the island and become fodder for everyone else. You just stand still because the frame rate is too low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. bad. So yeah, those are the BAFTA uh, nominations. It's a very, very good year. And 
yeah, I guess we're looking forward to seeing if a Plague Tale can cause the biggest upset and just win everything because they've forgotten to put them in other categories. That's assumedly what's going to happen. They're just going to turn up and go, oh, yeah, best game as well. Take it. All right, let's move on to some TV news. And HBO and Naughty Dog are making a Last of Us TV series coming, assumedly, in 2021 or something like that. Um, but there's not much to go on right now. All we know is that Neil Druckmann is serving as executive producer and possibly a writer as well, which is very good news. And there's no casting or anything yet, so I thought we'd be fun to just go down sort of dream casting for Joel and Ellie and what, we're, what we'd expect from a Last of Us TV series. So, Sean, what do you think about this news? Are you looking forward to a Last of Us TV series? I'm not entirely sure because I've not really played much of the game. Oh god, so... of course. I always forget that. <laughs> but <laughs> I just assume that you've played it. I, I am I am intending on playing it very soon. But the the only thing that I can really add to this conversation is that Neil Druckmann tweeted today, because it was International Women's Day, he started to list off some of the female characters that were gonna be in the uh, TV show. And it looks like it's gonna be at least both The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. So it looks like it's going to be not just a self-contained thing. And he's blanked out some of the character names. So some of the female character names are blanked out in, like, white blocks. Yeah, so, that's the uh, the character that's in Part 2, isn't it? The one that was in that trailer that was, like, Clipper Wings. That really unsettling, yeah. uncomfortable trailer. Yeah. And no one knows what that character is yet, so they they blanked it out when they first announced her. So I'm assuming that's the same character. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm excited. You know, if HBO, they've got a ton of cash, <laughs> they they make expensive TV shows and they do them normally pretty well, apart yeah. from the endings of them, which is fine. <laughs> but, you know. Well, now, at the end of one of them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I can't think of another HBO ending that I've ever watched and thought, yeah, that was satisfying. Have you seen Watchmen? I have not, no. Oh, it's perfect. Mate, I, I don't have enough time in the day for these kind of things. It, it's What's it on? Is it on Sky Atlantic or something? Yeah. Is it on a streaming service? No, because it's on HBO, so it'll be Sky Atlantic over it. Uh, okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. And, sorry, that's about it, really. Just go, just go watch Watchmen, because <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, well, that's my two pence for the, the Last of Us TV show. Who would you want to play as John and Ellie? I don't know. I like. I genuinely don't know. Like, and I'm just going to say, you know, Nolan North. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Nolan you, Troy North. Baker. <laughs> <laughs> you. you know, um, and um, Billy Eilish. There you go. <laughs> but I don't fucking know, do I? <laughs> Mate, that would be a that would be a direction. <laughs> that would be a direction for the show to take. I, I ain't got a clue of her, so you know, educate me. Come on, what are um, yours? Uh, mine is for Joel, uh, Logan Michael Green, who was nominated for Telling Lies. That dude, just I think he might be a bit too young for Joel, depending on where they are in the in their timeline. Um, but if you Google him and you look at him, you go, oh yeah, he could be a good Joel. Ellie, if you've seen a film called Booksmart, which I recommend you should because it's incredible. Um, it's on Prime Video now. There's an actress in there called Caitlin Dever, and she is phenomenal. And someone dropped her name in on a Twitter thread the other day, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that'd be amazing. So if it's not her, I'm going to be furious now. Those are my two picks, Logan Michael Green and Caitlin Dever. Not Troy Baker, apparently. Just <laughs> Nolan, <laughs> Nolan North, take over Troy's role. You know, it's, <laughs> you know you, you know you got to do it. Greg, Last of Us TV series, what do you think about this? Well, I'm going to sound like a right miserable bastard, but I'm always really cautious when they try adapting works like that into TV shows or films. But... I don't want it to be a story about Joel and Ellie. 
I want it to be something in that universe, perhaps. I think we already know the story of Joel and Ellie in the first game, so retreading it in a TV show, all right, yeah, it'll be for people that haven't played the game. But I don't know, maybe something in the world, like where they get mentioned or something, or it's it's during that time or it's after they've established what's gone on into the first one and there is a potential cure or, you know, it gives people something to, to look forward to instead of just survivors week in, week out, just doing a Walking Dead and going from one place to the next. But other than that, I've given no real thought to it because I don't want to invest my attention as pretentious as that sounds i don't want to invest my 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 attention in something that may not be very good and i'm sort of cautious about it no that's because that, that's it, completely fair because it could just end up like another walking dead it could just be another boring post-apocalyptic what is the real sense of our direction here you know well i think i, I read about that somewhere i think someone else had kind of like similar apprehensions about it about the walking dead is just about surviving isn't it it's not really well, about it's, anyone it's or anything. same it's the same formula they go to a new place they inevitably fuck it up mm. i mean i think the last of us is more about joel and ellie than the walkers or you know the uh the clickers and things like that i think there's going to be a much sort of like far-reaching story between those two which the the tv show can invest in because you know i've always been that person of like i always champion if they're going to adapt something tell a new story in the world rather than the one that we've already played and I get that completely. I think that's a very wise thing to do. I think that, you know, films like, you know, it's a weird comparison, I know, but films like Sonic haven't just, you know, told a story that you could see on Sonic Boom before or anything like that, you know. And I'm glad that it's not a movie, at least. I'm glad that they have time to flesh out a story. And whether or not it's going to be a retelling with the first game, I don't know. But I guess they'd have to, wouldn't they? Because they have to set up Ellie and the fact that she is immune and... I don't know. But yeah, I get what you're saying. A, a a TV series based in that world, but not about Joel and Ellie. Yeah, I'd be up for that as well. But it definitely looks like that they're focusing on Joel and Ellie for, for now anyway. It'll be interesting to see how this affects the games and whether it does so in the same way that it did for The Witcher. Because obviously that Witcher show hit Netflix and for like three weeks solid, The Witcher 3 was the most played game on Steam. It, it became the best, the most downloaded game of on PlayStation 4 for that, that month, despite it being like two years old. It'll be very interesting to see if it, it kind of propels this series back into, you know, obviously not back into because it's probably going to release around the same time as part two at this rate. But, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what it does to popularity, okay. see if people pick up the second one. Yeah, yeah, that will be interesting. I think it'll be fine. It's The Last of Us on Steam. No. No. No, there are no. Okay. No, I, I don't think it's going to PC yet. Do you think it will? Maybe it it makes sense for Sony to be punting all of their older games to PC just before they release some new console because you're going to get the PC players jumping on. Yeah, you know they want the sequels that are exclusive, so you know it makes sense. Cool. Okay. Well, that's the Last of Us TV series, which is due sometime in the future. I like the fact that Neil Druckmann's very heavily involved is a good sign, I think, and we shall look forward to that very very quickly. Ghost of Tsushima got itself a release date. It's June twenty sixth. How is everyone's type levels for Ghost of uh, Tsushima? Really high. I'm cool. hoping it will bridge that gap between sort of Sekiro, not so much in difficulty stakes, but I mean in that look and aesthetic and that kind of thing, and uh, a Tenchu game that we're inevitably never going to get. So it, it, I'm pretty keen off the back of Sekiro for that, for this. And the fact that it's coming out in June as well, and I have my, my doubts it was going to be a PS5 title, so that, yeah. it, that it's coming out in June has just made me like much more excited. Mucho excited. Yeah, I'm going bilingual today. Okay, I like it. Uh, <laughs> Sean, are you excited for Ghost? I am. I love Sucker Punch games. They're despite their flaws, 
and I'm quite looking forward to this one. Oh. It's it's dropping at, at exactly the right time because it's before the saving window for a new next gen gen console really isn't it? It's like yeah, you know, gives you if, if the next gen consoles are coming out like October November, it gives you a couple of months. So it's like maybe the last big exclusive for the PS4. So we'll see. Yeah, and it comes a month after the Last of Us. Yeah. And, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, rather, right. Last up, we have Sean's Indie Corner. Okay, so I've been scouring the internet once again and found a lovely crop of indie games. So a lot of this stuff that I'm, I've been searching for this week is kind of stuff that um, was going to get shown at GDC and got shown at PAX. So this stuff that you might not have heard about or might have heard about like a long time ago, but it was due to be shown again and isn't going to get another showing um, because of what's happened with the coronavirus and stuff being cancelled. So the first one, I urge you 100% go to Twitter and find the gifts of this game because it looks mind-blowing. It's called Skate Story. And it's by a game night. It's a game by a guy named Sam Eng. And if you want their Twitter, it's at by Sam Eng, E-N-G, or at Skate Story Game. And basically, it's a skating game that uses the mechanics from Skate 4, so, so uh, from the Skate series, not Skate 4, obviously. But you skate through the underworld. So basically, you're like skating through the nine levels of hell. And it looks brilliant. It's got kind of a, a super hot aesthetic to it. Uh, and you could do tricks, but the idea is to basically get from one end of a level to another by, you know, jumping over like burning ruins and white bridges of rubble and stuff like that. It looks crazy good. And this guy is just like, he's developing it on his own and it looks amazing. So definitely go and check that one out. So the second one is Dangerous Driving 2. So this game was announced uh, like two weeks ago. And if you liked Burnout, you might have heard of the original Dangerous Driving, which is from Three Field Entertainment. They are a group of guys that used to work on Burnout and then went out to make their own studio. They just did a, lot, a couple of indie games like Danger Zone, and then they, they made Dangerous Driving, which is basically a indie version of Burnout. They are doing a sequel. It's releasing this year. It's open world, and it'll have all the same mechanics that you can expect from a Burnout game but it'll be on an indie budget. Uh, they do have a bit more cash to do this game, so it's probably going to be bigger and better than the original. And I'm quite looking forward to this because I've, I've been missing Burnout a hell of a lot. And I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'm, I'm itching for another Burnout game. And this, this might fill that hole admirably. Uh, the next game is called Ghost Runner. So this isn't technically an indie game. It is being developed by a small studio, but they're now signed up with 3D Realms. But basically, when, when this podcast is finished, go and Google Ghost Runner and look at the trailer. Because basically, it's it's Mirror's Edge versus Blade Runner, and it's all about wall running and samurai action skills. And it looks insanely good, like crazy good. I would absolutely 100% recommend you go and go and see that because it just looks phenomenal. I saw the trailer come out. I saw the trailer come out of PAX, and this guy's one of my friends said, "You need to see this game because he, he, he suspects he's probably going to come to rest." Uh, so he sent me the trailer, and I was just like, "Fuck me, that game looks brilliant!" But it's it basically like everything you can expect from like a Devolver game, so like twitchy gameplay, but mixed with Mirror's Edge and with a cyberpunk aesthetic. 
It looks really great. And the last game is called Psy. And I'll be honest with you, I've got a bit of a sweet spot for games that kind of use like British mythology and stuff like that in their games. And this this game is a, a third person action adventure, and it's set all about it, it involves Celtic folklore, and it's kind of like a a medieval adventure, but with kind of magic and stuff. Um, and you'll be fighting weird stone monsters and exploring lovely green ruins, but it also carries a message about deforestation. Um, and you're you're in this magical forest, and you're this, you're exploring this. Uh, environment that's been damaged and destroyed by an onslaught of machines um you find this magic tree and basically it's by this the studio called studio mutiny mutiny and it's their first game and it looks really really good uh so if you want to go and check that out it's it's called sai s-a-i and uh it looks it looks really cool uh, so they are the indie games for this week i guess i can't put it off any longer it's time for the quiz answers okay are you guys ready <laughs> okay uh... question one in Pokemon Red and Blue, who gives the player their first Pokemon? Roscoe? Is it Ryan Reynolds? It's not Ryan Reynolds. It's so close, oh, though. He's, he's, he's an attractive guy. Um, the answer is Professor Oak. Ah, oh, so close. So close. <laughs> Question two. What item is required to evolve a Pikachu into a Raichu? Greg, any ideas? A bigger battery. <laughs> Um, it's a thunderstone. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, question three. Which Pokeball has the best catch rate success? Is it A, the Great Ball, B, the Ultra Ball, or C, the Master Ball? Roscoe? I mean, is it the Master Ball? It is the Master Ball. Yeah! You got one right. Whee! Hell yeah, son. You're going down. I know, <laughs> okay. my, I know my Pokemans. <laughs> Uh, question four: What's the name of the device that trainers use to keep a record of their Pokemon encounters? Gregory, Pokedex. Pokedex is correct. Two in a row. Let's go. Uh, question five: Magikarp, the useless fish Pokemon, evolves into which Pokemon? Roscoe. Gyarados. 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 Yeah, that one. <laughs> Correct, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, hang just... on. He didn't pronounce it right, so I can blah, 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 blah. Is... Uh, mate, I'm not going <laughs> to... You can hear it. You can hear it. I don't know how to pronounce it. You can hear it, it from London, can't you? I, I can hear a, an account on Twitter getting ready to... <laughs> yeah. to, to storm to Greg's defence because I gave Ross a point for not pronouncing Gyarados right. <laughs> okay, question six. How many Pokemon badges can you earn by beating gym leaders in each Pokemon game, Greg? Um, six. Ah, oh, it's eight. Oh no. <laughs> Question seven. Mewtwo was created as a clone of which Pokemon? Roscoe? Mew. Mew is correct. Thank you, Pokemon Detective Pikachu and Cinemas. <laughs> I mean, the clue's kind of in the name on that one. Yeah. Just let me have this one. <laughs> okay. Question eight. What is the name of Ash Ketchum's hometown? Greg? I don't know. That's not an onomatopoeia. I don't fucking know. You don't know. Okay. Roscoe, any ideas? No. Okay. It's Pallet Town. Yeah. Oh, Pallet Town. Of course it will. <laughs> Question nine. Name one of the three starter Pokemon from the second generation of Pokemon. First seen in Pokemon Gold and Silver. 
Roscoe, have you got anything for this? <laughs> I just, I'm just going to go for a random Pokemon. Um, Eevee? No. Arg. <laughs> Greg? No. No. Okay, you could have had Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Totodile. Okay, yeah. great. Well done, guys. Uh, question 10. <laughs> <laughs> Steelix is a Pokemon evolution that occurs when which Pokemon is traded while holding a metal coat? Greg? I don't know. Roscoe? Same. It's Onyx. The, uh, big, the big rock snake. Okay. Well, you guys... rock snake. You say that like that is, it means anything to me. Ah, uh, do you know what? It's, it's so nice to have like such a massive gap in your knowledge. Every quest, quiz from now on will be Pokemon related. <laughs> uh, okay. Tot up them scores. Tot up the scores. Tot up the score. Yeah. And uh, Roscoe, how many did you get? I got four. Greg? One... Two, three, four, five. Thank fuck we got to do a tiebreaker. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, well done, Greg. You got uh, you got five out of ten. Um, dear listeners, if you if you manage to beat Greg's score of five or Roscoe's score of four, please do let us know on the social media channels. And if you did enjoy this quiz, please do let us know what subjects you would like next time. Uh, maybe Ape Escape. <laughs> maybe Magic Pockets. <laughs> Maybe, maybe just the games of the Bitmap Brothers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Greg, I guess. Shallow victory. <laughs> Shallow victory. That's still half of half correct. You know, that's a, that's a good, solid knowledge of basic Pokemon info. Well, just winging it, really. Well done. <clears throat> right. Thank you, Sean. What a treat. It's a pleasure. I hope that people enjoy that on the lessons. All right, then. Let's go to Out This Week. And Out This Week, you got a big old Xbox One exclusive. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is finally making its way out on March the 11th. So do crack on with that. I'm sure we've got to hear from Greg next week. How that is. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Sweet. Neon City Riders is coming to PS4 and PC on March the 12th. DJ Max Respect V is coming to PC on March the 12th. And Bless Unleashed is coming to Xbox One on March the 12th. March the 13th sees Mecho Tales come to Xbox One and Langrissa 1 and 2 come to PS4 and PC. So yeah, a massive week once again. But Ori in the World of the Wisp is finally out next week. So that's very exciting for y'all xbox one and pc owners well ladies and gentlemen that does bring an end to this week's finger guns podcast thank you very much indeed for listening don't forget you can follow us on all the socials everywhere every single one is in our description below thank you very much indeed for listening it is goodbye from mr greg hicks goodbye goodbye mr sean davies bye and goodbye (laughs) (laughs) sassy sean davies (laughs) i think that's the first time in 48 episodes you haven't said toodles yeah. He was so morally outraged that Paul stole it and appropriated it. That's it. It's Paul's now. <laughs> You're just going to get a, a disgruntled bye. <laughs> uh, bye then, I guess. The fuck? And goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.